Hello friend, I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast season three. This season, we are taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences. We will learn more of them, their story, and how Jesus Christ tutored their lives. We will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women. For the first 90 days of this season, you can also listen to a second weekly episode. We will be discussing the Book of Mormon. If you aren't aware of the Book of Mormon study group, check out the show notes or my website, todayiamenough.com, and you can sign up. We are reading the Book of Mormon from January 1st to March 31st, and each week I will share my thoughts on the weekly reading and what I took away from them. Welcome. I am so glad you're here. This week we are discussing Alma 33 through Alma 51, and I feel like there's so much when you get into the end of Alma. There's so much going on. We're going back and forth between a lot of different stories. So we are going to start in Alma 33. We are going to, let's look at verses, Alma 33 verses 4 through 11 is what we're looking for. And this is a, the prophet Zenith. And this is what he said concerning prayer or worship. And I'm not going to read all the verses, but I want to point out the importance of what he says in repetition in the scriptures. Between verses 4 and 11, he says, he hears us. He heard my prayers, some form of he hears us. Thou didst hear, thou didst hear me. Um, He says this eight times. And between verses 4 and 9, He says some sort of variation of thou art merciful. He says that five times. So as I was reading these, I I just loved thinking about that, that he really does hear our prayers. And this is the testimony of Zenith on prayer. And I want you to think about how have you seen the mercy of your heavenly father in your life? How have you felt and had your testimony strengthened? on prayer and that you are heard how have you felt that mercy from jesus christ i would encourage you to think about this maybe read these verses read this chapter over again if you've already read it this week and just think about that that think about when your prayer has been answered and the mercy of our savior jesus christ and through his atonement the mercy that he offers us Okay, we're going to jump to chapter 34, and we are going to look at verse 18 through 28, I believe it is. And in verses 18 through 27, again, we're going with repetition. This is Amulek speaking now, and he says nine times in 10 verses, he says, Cry unto him. Cry unto him in mercy. Cry unto him when you are in your fields. Cry unto him in your homes. Cry against the power of your enemies. Cry unto him against the devil. Cry unto him over your crops and fields. Cry over your flocks uh, of your field. And then, um, let's see. So he says this over and over and over again. Cry 
cry over, cry unto him. And I love the message that we get from this, that cry unto him over everything. Tell him all the things and explain the things and pray for all the things in your life because they're important. And it's important to share those things with him so that he he can help us and that we can learn from the spirit and feel of his love for us as we cry unto him. But that's one of the ways that we can know our savior better is to cry unto him. In verses 27 and 28, um, it says, Yea, and when you do not cry unto the Lord, let your heart be full, drawn out into prayer unto him continually for your welfare and also for the welfare of those who are around you. And now behold, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, do not suppose that this is all. For after you have done all these things, if you turn away the needy and the naked and visit the sick and afflicted and impart of your substance, if ye have, to those who stand in need, I say unto you, if you do not any of these things, behold, your prayer is vain and availeth you nothing, and you are as the hypocrites who are who deny the faith. So I love this reminder that it's important to have a prayer in our heart and a prayer unto him continually. And as we do that, that is going to help us to be able to make better choices and to withstand the temptations that we're given, because all of us will be tempted. And that's okay. It's okay to have temptations. It's when we give into those temptations continually without repenting and having a desire to become more like our Savior that it can become a problem in our lives. Okay, in chapter 34, I just also want to read over verses 39 and 41. There's a few words that I always look for and always end up circling in my scriptures. Remember is one of them. Hearken is one of them. And exhort is another one. And 39 and 40 both use the word exhort. And Amulek says, Yea, I also exhort you, my brethren, that ye be watchful unto prayer continually, that ye may not be led away by the temptations of the devil, that he may not overpower you, that you may not become his subjects at the last day. For behold, he... Re, he rewarded you no good thing. And now behold, my, my beloved brethren, I would exhort you to have patience that ye bear with all manner of afflictions, that ye do not revile against those who do cast you out because of your exceeding poverty, lest ye become sinners like unto them. But that ye have patience and bear with those afflictions with a firm hope that ye shall one day rest from all your afflictions. I just, I love these words. I love this encouragement. I love that he exhorts us that he really, he really wants us to listen to these. Be watchful into prayer continually. Have patience. Bear all your, bear all your afflictions um, with patience and then have a firm hope that one day we will find rest, which I love because of President Nelson's encouragement of rest in our lives. Okay, so in chapter 36, this is Alma talking to Helaman. So Alma the Younger is Helaman's father. And in verse 3, about halfway down, well, we'll just read the whole thing. And now, O my son Helaman, behold, thou art in thy youth, and therefore I beseech thee that thou wilt hear my words and learn from of me. For I do know that whosoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their troubles and their afflictions and shall be lifted up in the last day. I just love that reminder that as we have trust in God, 
He will support us in our trials and our troubles and our afflictions and essentially be lifted up in the last day. So I think it's important to take time to know what trusting God means for you and how you can recognize that in your lives. Verse chapter 37, we are going to look at verses five and six, and we're talking about, let's see, verse four is talking about um, kindred tongue people and they shall know of mysteries contained in. So, oh, this is talking about the plates. And this is when Alma is talking to Helaman about keeping the plates. And I just wanted to talk about this for a minute because he's talking about the importance of keeping the plates and that they're kept for a wise purpose and they're handed down from generation to generation and kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord until they should go up and be seen by all. And verse five says, and now behold, if they are kept, they must retain their brightness. Yea, they will retain their brightness, saying, also shall the plates which do contain that which is holy. So it's interesting because um, I don't know that I really ever thought about this. My friend pointed this out to me a while ago, but just the keeping the plates also means preserving them to, to retain their brightness, literally the brightness of the plates that they're on. And I imagine that took some work. I mean, it was emphasized to him the importance of that cleanliness and that retaining the the originality of them. So in verse six, we go on. Now you may suppose that this is foolishness in me. For behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And small means in many instances doth confound the wise. But the Lord doeth work by means to which bring about with is great and eternal purposes. And by very small means, the Lord doth confound the wise and bringeth about the salvation of many souls. So the small and simple thing they're actually talking about is contain, like retaining the brightness of the plates and how it's, it's something that's simple and it's small and it seems like it doesn't matter very much. But when, when you retain that brightness over time, it it does make a difference, right? Because the tarnish or whatever gets on it, I guess, is going to be harder to take off if there if there's a buildup. And so by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. So what is in your life that maybe is slipping by the wayside because it's a small and simple thing? Often I think we're like, oh, the primary answers, the Sunday school answers, prayer, scripture, going to the temple, whatever, reading scriptures as family, family home evening. Those I think are small and simple things. But it's important to remember that the small and simple things are the things. They are what are going to keep us on the path to our Savior and keeping our testimony strengthened, especially in those times when our testimonies are having a hard time. Because those small and simple things are the consistent things that bring us back to our Savior, Jesus Christ. President Oaks in the April 2018 General Conference said, So is the powerful effect over time of the small and simple things we are taught in the scriptures and by living prophets. Consider the scripture study we've been taught to incorporate into our daily lives. Or consider the personal prayers and the kneeling family prayers 
that are regular practices for faithful Latter-day Saints. Consider attendance at seminary for your youth or institute classes for your young adults. Though each of these practices may seem to be small and simple, over time they result in powerful spiritual uplift and growth. This occurs because each of these small and simple things invites the companionship of the Holy Ghost, the testifier who enlightens us and guides us into truth, as President Eyring has explained. The small and simple things are the things. They are what matter. In verse 14 of chapter 37, Alma says, And now remember, my son, that God has entrusted you with these things, which are sacred, which ye, which he has kept sacred, and also which he will keep and preserve for a wise purpose in him, that he may show forth his power unto future generations. I I love this. He's entrusted us with these things, whether it's the small and simple things and the scriptures and our testimonies, whether it's our, our people, if you're a, a parent or our calling and those that we are um, entrusted with there. But also, I think with our covenants, our baptismal and temple covenants, we're entrusted with those things that are sacred and they need to be kept sacred. And they're for a wise purpose in him that he may show forth his power into future generations, even as we live our covenants with him. And let's see, verse, sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Verse 37, I love, well, 32 through, well, we're going to talk about some of them, but 32 through 37 are great. But verse 37, I love, counsel with the Lord in all thy doings, and he will direct thee for good. Yea, when thou liest down at night, lie down unto the Lord, that he may watch over you in your sleep. And when thou risest in the morning, let thy heart be full of thanks unto God, that ye do these things, and ye shall be lifted up in the last day. Counsel with the Lord in all thy doings that he may direct thy life for good. I just, it's a beautiful reminder that his best interest is at play here for our lives. And as we counsel, it doesn't mean tell the Lord. It doesn't mean let the Lord tell you everything. It's counseling, which goes back to praying with all your heart and having a constant prayer in your heart. Because as you do that, that's a way to counsel with the Lord and explaining your point of view so that you can feel the spirit in return and know what the Lord's point of view might be and counsel with him and say, you know, I feel like this is right. Or maybe I've kind of changed my mind and I'm feeling this instead. And I think just counseling with the Lord so that he can help direct our path is, can be life-changing, incredibly life-changing. All right, skipping over to verses 40 and 41, this is talking about the Leahona and it says, and it did work for them according to their faith in God. So they had faith to believe that God could cause that the spindles would point to where they should go. But, and that was a miracle. And they saw many miracles wrought by the power of God day by day. But those miracles worked only by small means, right? We're back to that small and simple. And it showed into them the marvelous work, but if they were slow and forgot to exercise faith and diligence, then it, it stopped working and they could not progress on their journey. And we saw this as they were in the boat and Nephi was all tied up and it just wouldn't work. And so it is with us. Like when we are forgetting our 
Savior Jesus Christ and when we're being slow to exercise our faith, our our ability to follow and recognize the Holy Ghost in our lives is going to diminish. And we cannot forget God. We cannot be slothful because we will not be able to recognize and receive all that we need to from the Holy Ghost. And then verse 37 is just jam-packed. <laughs> Verses 46 and 47, Oh, my son, do not let us be slothful because of the easiness of the way. And so was it with our father. And so was it prepared for them that if they would look, they might live. Even so it is with us. The way is prepared. And if we will look, we may live forever. And now, my son, see that you take care of these sacred things. Yea, see that you look to God and live. Go into this people and declare the word and be sober, my son. Farewell. Look to God and live. Don't look to social media. Don't look to all the people you follow to decide how you should be living your covenants or how you should be living the gospel or how you should be reading the scriptures. Look to God for your answers. I don't have the answers that you need. I might be able to facilitate the spirit in your life, hopefully that can help teach you if that's what is needed in your life. But you have to know the covenants you've made personally and how to live them and how to follow the spirit as our prophet has directed us. And that is who you look to. You look to God, you can look to the scriptures, you can look to the prophets and everything else you can that you take in, you need to take in and decide if that if that parallels with what the church is teaching and what our prophets and apostles are teaching as well. Okay, we are going to skip over to Alma 40. And in Alma 40, Alma is in the middle of talking to Corianton, his son. And verses five and eight, I just want to point out this phrase. It says, so we'll, Alma's explaining to him about the resurrection, I believe, and how that's going to work and life after death and things like that. And it's hard for Corianton. This is something that's really hard for him. And Alma recognizes that. But in verses five and eight, he he says, whether thou should be one time or a second time for or a third time with the resurrection, that men shall come forth from the dead, it mattereth not, for God knoweth all these things. And in eight, now whether there is more than one time appointed for men to rise, it mattereth not, for all do not die at once, and this mattereth not. So I think it's important to remember when we have those questions and when we're unsure that sometimes the answer right now is that it just doesn't actually matter. Maybe the reason there are things we don't understand and don't know is because it actually doesn't matter. I also would recommend the book Worth of Souls, Worth the Wrestle. I'm sorry, Worth the Wrestle by Sherry Dew. It's really incredible, especially if you're having a really hard time with a point of doctrine that you're just not sure about. It's a very, very incredible book, and I would highly recommend it. I have linked it in my show notes for you. Okay, Alma 46, we get to the title of Liberty. So 12 through 17, we are not going to read them all, but this is when Moroni rents his coat and writes, In memory of our God, our religion, and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children. And he fastened it upon the end of a pole and he raises the title of Liberty and um, he says, 
And he bowed himself to the earth and he prayed mightily unto his God for the blessings of liberty to rest upon his brethren, so long as there should be a band of Christians to remain to possess the land. So this is, there's, a, we're getting to a lot of war and it's, if you read it really, if you read it well, you can follow. It's a little bit back and forth and coming and going of people, but these are Moroni's people are the people that are faithful and they are, it says they poured their souls out to God and in verse 20, come forth in the strength of the Lord that um, whoever will remain, maintain this title of liberty will come forth in the strength of the Lord. And verse 36, and it came to pass also that he caused the title of liberty to be host, hoisted upon every tower which was in the land, which was possessed by the Nephites. And thus Moroni planted the standard of liberty among the Nephites. Moroni was just a fantastic leader. And he he is able to see that they could make this covenant. And that it says in verse 22, this is the covenant they made. And they cast their garments at the feet of Moroni saying, we covenant with our God that we shall be destroyed, even our brother in the land, notwithstanding that we shall fall in transgression, that he may cast us to our feet of our enemies. And they're just really willing to trust in the Lord that he will give them the help that they need. And I think it also gave them a sense of belonging, a, a way to band together as a people and as a church. So in chapter 48, verses 7 through 10, we Moroni is preparing his people for battle and it says he's been preparing the minds of his people to be faithful unto the Lord, their God. And he's been strengthening the armies and erecting small forts or places to resort, throwing up banks of earth that they may enclose the armies, building walls of stone. And he's been doing all these things and he fortified and strengthened the land and he was preparing support the liberty of their lands, their wives, their children, and their places. So they made this title of liberty, and then they took action to actually be prepared because they knew that a war was inevitable, that it was coming. And these are also the verses. Verse 17 is a very known verse. I feel like, yea, verily, verily, I say to you, if all men had been and were and ever would be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever. Yea, the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. But it goes through and also says, and like Ammon and the sons of Mosiah and Alma and his son, and they're all men of God. And it's a, if you ever want to know some traits, if you want to look for spiritual gifts or things to improve on read verses 11 through like 19 there's there's a lot of incredible traits in there and i think it's important that we look and and know these men that already have these traits or these women and i think a lot of it is the apostles and the prophets and our general leaders as well but i think we can find these in our siblings and on our spouse and in our ministering sisters and those that we serve in our church callings with Chapter 49 shows the importance of, of um, um, Moroni having been prepared and following that counsel of the Lord. So in verses 13 through 15, 
It says, And behold, to their astonishment, the city of Noah, which had hitherto been a weak place, had now by the great means of Moroni become strong, yea, even to exceed the strength of the city of Ammonihah. And now behold, this was wisdom in Moroni, for he had supposed that they would be frightened at the city of Ammonihah. And as the city of Noah had hitherto been the weakest part of the land, therefore they would march thither to battle, and thus it was according to their desires. And then in verse 18, it goes on and says, And now behold, the Lamanites could not get into their forts of security by way, by any other way, save it be the entrance, because of the highness of the bank which had been thrown up, and the depths of the ditch which had been dug around, save it were by the entrance. And then verse 23, thus the Nephites had all power over their enemies, and thus the Lamanites did attempt to destroy the Nephites until their chief captains were all slain. Yea, and more than a thousand of the Lamanites were slain, while on the other hand, there was not a single soul of the Nephites which was slain. So while I was reading these verses about being prepared, it made me immediately think of, well, what do we need to prepare? I, I don't think we need to prepare for a physical battle like they did, but am I prepared spiritually? Am I prepared physically? Is my is my home prepared if some something happens and I need to help my family make sure that we can survive without electricity or without heat or without the ability to go to the grocery store or without water? Am I prepared for that? Elder Bednar recently gave a talk on the importance of food storage, which we had not heard probably since my youth. And he made sure that we knew that it was something valid and something that we needed to do. And it's very over, feels very overwhelming, but it can literally be as easy as grabbing three extra cans one time when you go grocery shopping and just having a little bit of reserve. And I think it's going to become important that we are doing those things that don't seem necessary in the moment when the prophet asks us, just like in the moment, it didn't seem necessary to build ditches and make all of these things that they did. But when the time for battle came, they were prepared and their enemy could not, could not reach them except by the means that they had said that were allowed through the entrance. And as we follow the counsel and guidance of our prophets and apostles to be prepared When the time comes, we will be able to do what we need to in the battle of life, whatever is going on, that we will be able to withstand that. And I hope that you've enjoyed these verses. And I think they've been, these chapters, they've been wonderful to read. And I'm looking forward to next week. Thanks for listening.